of expected it was going to end. So, how would you like to end the show on your own terms? I don't know what to do. Welcome to the Galactic Quorum. This is episode number 21. Happy birthday! We're going out drinking later. This is a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. During the off-season, we discuss what there is to discuss about Battlestar Galactica and also bring up other sci-fi shows at the end. We're going to talk about heroes this time. We have a full quorum again today. Our quorum of four consists of myself, Brian, and... Jason. I'm Dimitri. And Michelle. We have a website. It's called galacticaquorum.com. We have an email if you'd like to send us a comment or a MP3 file with a comment or question. It's gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And we also have a voicemail set up, 206-2020-BSG. On our website, we have some forums where we discuss Battlestar, of course, sci-fi in general. We also, on our website, have links to a Frapper map and a tip jar. This week, we don't have any emails or voicemails to go over. We uh, have no one else to promote, <laughs> so this beginning section is going to be really, really short. But again, if you have a sci-fi podcast or a Battlestar podcast or a website, let us know. We will be happy to uh, throw out a plug for you. Some news up front, some cons really fast to bring up. Polaris 21 in Toronto, July 6th to the 8th with Katie Sackhoff. And Shore Leave in Baltimore, July 13th to 15th. In theory, myself and Michelle were going to be at that. So let's get to the big news that Battlestar Season 4 will be the last season of the reimagined Ronald D. Moore Battlestar Galactica. What are your thoughts? Do we need to change your name afterwards? <laughs> well, we're thinking about us. <laughs> yes. How it's all about us. us. How will this unpacked us? I kind of expected it was going to end. I mean, how much further can they go with this? You find Earth, you make cheesy bikes, you have kids that can jump <laughs> over trees. Oh, wait, no, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> are they going to um, find Earth, or are they going to leave it open-ended? I think they'll leave it open-ended. Yeah, you know, Well, in this day and age, you always leave it open-ended in case you do a movie. Yeah, that's true. That's what Stargate did. Well, movies people want to see. <gasps> oh. oh! Whoa! So glad you're back. <laughs> <laughs> If this is the reimagined one, I can certainly see these guys being creative enough to find Earth and have that be the end of it, since you've already now introduced these Cylons that we don't know what kind of Cylons there are. I mean, there's a lot of ways where they could find Earth. I mean, what if they find Earth and, you know, Trisha Helfer is the president of Earth? It'd be like uh, Planet of the Apes always was Earth. Well, right there, there's your danger, as you know, as I've always said, every sci-fi story angle's been done ever, so it's hard yeah. not to get a comparison to something else. The way they ended this season really set them up to wrap things up fairly imminently, because if they had done the Cylons that we don't understand yet alone, that would have probably been enough to give us uh, a little bit of a question about what where things were going. But I think the thing that pushed it over the edge in terms of when they could reasonably bring a conclusion to things was the Starbuck reappearing and saying she'd found Earth and been to Earth. The light at the end of the tunnel just got really bigger when that happened. This is not what you were talking about, but I just this is what I thought of when you were talking. Is it, How do they know that this planet is called Earth? I mean, we didn't start calling this planet Earth until like, you know, several hundred years ago. So when did we start calling this place no Earth? You know I mean, on... like the 13th colony left Africa or whatever a very long time ago. Where did Earth come from? It's derived from the word rickshaw, which was 
Oh, An ancient term. Oh, here we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this was if something you, I missed. If because... you take rickshaw and you scramble up <laughs> yeah, the ladder, it's an anagram for rickshaw. <laughs> yeah, right, I take that back. Going back to the the show ending, they're saying we're doing it on our own terms. Creatively, this is where we want to do it. And the press release or the press conference that they are announcing it, they put it in those terms, but they're kind of skirting the issue too. That number one, the ratings realistically haven't been stellar and number two it's an expensive show to produce and i don't know if they would be able to sustain economically uh this season when i've always been of the opinion that if you need to cut some costs why not just kill off some characters on the fringes they've been getting rid of like the billies and whatever but you know they need to have done sort of what some of these other shows have done like heroes where they knock guys off they killed off starbuck but only to bring her back a big player like Apollo now, to me, would be expendable. At first, I thought that they couldn't knock off Apollo because it would be too much of a tragic thing for Adama to lose both of his sons. But now... Such is war. But now, you know, why not? He's the most expendable. He's not a Cylon. Well, if you're going to end this show, you can totally start killing people off. Yeah. Who cares? But that doesn't save him money now because they're already going towards the end. You're right. It does smack of a little bit of, like, they called him into the... Like, Sci-Fi Channel or NBC or somebody called him. So... How would you like to end the show on your own terms? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that would be a great idea. I mean, it certainly smacks a little bit of that. So you're right. It's it, bound it, to happen. It's probably a mutual agreement. Like, right. we'll give you 22 more episodes, and you can wrap it up in those 22 episodes, or you can leave the open-ended, what happens next... But if you think about it, 22 episodes, that's a lot. It is a lot. Of episodes. The first season was, was less than season. that. Yeah. So yeah, 22 episodes. What did it say? Like a two-hour episode in November, and then we'll come back for real in January? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still not that psyched about the Pegasus story. Are you? You are or are not? I'm not. Oh, I am. I'm not. Or. I mean, I'd be interested I think to see Pegasus, what happened to them. Mainly because I like the Pegasus storyline. I just never liked the Kane character. I thought she was a cartoon. I thought she was just over the top, not written well. And yeah, and that did, hardly ever happens in the military. You can read about generals in Iraq, and they sound over the top and unrealistic and unreal. Well, <laughs> no, but as a character on a TV show, to me, she was a cartoon among these other characters that were much more believable. But wouldn't that be a neat story to see, though? To be the commander of the Pegasus, to be ranked above Adama, she had to be, at some point, considered a star. The question is, was she a sane, competent star... And the story is about how this surviving on their own made her, into made her into this hard ass. Mm-hmm. Or was she always like that? And it says a lot more about the society as a whole that this is who they put in charge. One of our uh, posters on our forums asked if they were going to actually show whether she really did shoot her XO or not. I think it was... I I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it, it did happen. I think Ronald D. Moore even said something to the effect that it did, but I could be wrong. My problem with her was in that whole storyline where it got to the point where they would show Adama and her in these cross-cutting montages where they're thinking and planning. They pitted them as equals. And to me, it just didn't make sense. Like you said, either she was on the fast track because she was a brilliant officer, so she would be ahead of Adama in terms of strategic planning or whatever, or Adama just has the edge because he has seen war for a longer period of time and he has experience on his side. Instead, they had way too much where down to the commands that they spoke were at the same time. I just didn't buy that. I guess we could assume that they will have a mid-season 
for eight? Did they mention that they're going to go consecutively? or? I thought I read that they're not stopping. I would bet that depends a little bit on ratings and a, and a little bit on what other networks do. If they're starting in the beginning of the year, we'll assume like mid-January, and they're keeping that horrible Sunday time slot, that means they're going to have to contend with the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to have to contend with... Jason and I are going to be hard-pressed to watch uh, Battlestar at 10 o'clock on Sunday, <laughs> being the fact that this summer we both become brand-new parents. <laughs> I think my Sunday evening is going to be no. Yeah, and I've already, already vowed that my daughter will never will not know what the sci-fi channel is. <laughs> he doesn't want her his daughter to grow up to be like him. I don't want her wearing metal bikinis to the 60th anniversary, <laughs> to, to the 60th anniversary convention of Star Wars. <laughs> no offense, Michelle. You don't want her to be like me. <laughs> In many ways, yes. But so, assuming they don't have a midseason break, I guess we won't get a midseason cliffhanger. So let's just let's talk about kind of rank some of the cliffhangers from previous seasons. Here's a Cliff Notes version of the cliffhangers as they appeared. Uh, season one ended with Adama being shot. Season two midseason was the Pegasus showing up and uh, the conflict with them almost fighting the Galactica. The end of season two was New Caprica and the jump ahead to a year. Mid-season three was Will They Blow Up the Planet with everyone on it. And end of season three, obviously, the musical Cylons and the fleet dead in the water. Musical Cylons? (laughs) Cylons, the musical, on Broadway. Not exactly Rent. So which of those to you stuck out as some of your favorites? Which one did you not like? Uh, The first season when Adama got shot. That's my top. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. I think the the jump the year ahead was good, too. That was big, yeah. The year ahead jump was number one because it's like, okay, so the Cylons just won. Like, how how do you get out of this? How one? do you get out of this? The yeah. Cylons won. And then, yeah, Adama being shot Yeah, because it was like, okay. That was a shock, yeah. That was the first time they realized that actual people they've served with yeah. might be Cylons. It just completely effed with their minds. Pegasus wasn't really a cliffhanger as much as just a... Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean... My favorite My favorite is the New Caprica one also. I thought that one, just like you said, it just had so much and blew your mind. Where are they going to go with this? It opened up all kinds of doors. The I, Pegasus one, that's not my favorite, but it's the one... I watched that, the end of that one, over and over so many times. He gets this expression on his face when he, he realizes what he's going to do. And she's like, Adama, why are you launching the Vipers? And, and they start you know, streaking toward each other. I love that. Of course, the resolution of that, to me, was just the biggest letdown ever. Right, where they just kind of... They kind of like spun around each other. No one ever... Well, that's just it. See, the cliffhanger also kind of depends on the resolution you come right. back to. Like, I would have to give the current cliffhanger an incomplete right now. Because, you know, if we come back and, you know, it's still singing Cylons, then I'm going to be pretty disappointed. But if they yeah. move ahead, okay. Blow Up the Planet is like number 50. <laughs> Yeah. As I expressed what it happened, worst cliffhanger ever. <laughs> of all time. Because you're not going to blow up half your cast. Though, though, although, though it sounds like the ratings would have gone up. Though it sounds like, you might have gotten, money. sounds like you might have gotten two more seasons. Right. <laughs> Get rid of all the sissy characters. How cool would it be if actually ended the season, like, with the Cylons just deciding F it and just take them all out? I don't see that happening. But it would be neat. It would be. What if they're just like passing by a, a sun and the whole thing goes supernova and then everybody dies? The way it seems like they're going with this is they're going to make everybody else die. Yeah. 
They're going to make the Cylons love the humans, and the humans love the Cylons, and everybody's going to be a big, happy family. Or <laughs> or turn it on its tail head, whatever you want to call it, and end it where by the end of the show, you're actually sympathizing with the Cylons, and the humans are the evil ones. Yeah. Cool. Because they've gone back and forth on that a couple times. Yeah. But to actually end the thing with that, where they actually like wipe them out. Okay, I think that wraps up our Battlestar discussion primarily, so let's segue into our sci-fi discussion. Before we get to talking about heroes, bring up Stargate again. I mentioned last time how I, I thought it was kind of interesting that they didn't curse in the least on the show. And this one episode I just watched where the the team goes to a distant planet. It says all in the teaser, and they, they see a guy who went there 40 years before, and Jack opens his mouth, and he's wide-eyed, and he goes... Holy cow. <laughs> and then it goes to the open. And I was just like, yeah. Could have been so much better. We just said what he... What kind of colonel doesn't say? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And the other thing I thought about was, in this particular episode, the Stargate callback device on the planet where they went was broken. And so they couldn't immediately dial back in. And they got really flustered about being stuck there forever. And... My thinking was, why are they so worried? There was another element of the story about how the thing they were on was on this precipice over a, an ocean, and it was about to fall down and into the sea. But separate from that, they were immediately scared that they were going to be stuck there forever. And I was like, well, isn't there some kind of protocol where they, if they don't reply back within a certain number of hours, like SG-2 comes through to check out and see what's going on? Now, my thinking was, when they did that, they opened the gate, that they'd be able to go through the gate that was open from Earth. Nope. You don't think so? No, I'm telling you, that's the way the show is done. It's one way. Let me just throw this out. In the pilot episode, the very first scene, the people are sitting around this the Stargate. They're playing cards. The thing opens up, and the that's raw exactly people right. come out. And they grab some of the people, like the one lieutenant woman, and they pull them back, and they retreat, and they go back, and it closes up. So that was a two-way. Okay, I had to go back and watch it, because... I thought the gold, they sometimes have a device on their wrist where they can open the uh, gate. Yeah, but if it's already open, it Well, I know. Close. But what I'm saying is, I swear, you can't walk <laughs> back through it. I'm pretty sure it's a one-way thing, and if Earth opens it and you're on the other planet, you can't walk through. You have to open it. The only reason I disagree with that is if that were true, and it were truly a one-way, then communications wouldn't come back. Because they get video and audio coming back through the hole. So if it's really one way, why would it's one way particle? For why would matter? It, it all breaks down into energy. So the video breaks down into energy. The audio breaks down into energy. The matter breaks down into energy. So why is it matter can go through one way, but, but the other two things can come back? Okay. Well, if there's an expert in Stargate who listens to our show, let, I still please think chime I'm right. in. Well, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to heroes. Heroes. I kind of got in on the show late. What usually happens at the beginning of a TV season, I miss a few, and then it becomes, uh, I'll just wait till the DVDs come out. I didn't catch up for a long time, but I kept hearing how great it was. From the other three core members. From the other three core members. And then I went and I downloaded some from BitTorrent, and I watched them on that on my computer. And wow, what a great show. I mean, after, I think, episode two, it just really just walked in, and it was awesome from then on. And it was a show where... You know, talk about many plot lines. I loved how each story would just, it was propelled along. You got from one conflict to another with many resolutions. And then, of course, each episode ending on some sort of mini cliffhanger. Yeah, I love that. And I loved how... Every, every episode is to be continued. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. 
I liked how they had characters who are in various parts of the country eventually all, in one way or another, meet up at one point. It reminded me of Stephen King's The Stand novel where he had many different characters across the country. They all ended up meeting up in Boulder, Colorado, or if they were the bad guys, and I guess it was Las Vegas. So let's talk about the finale. I, well, I thought that there wasn't enough... I mean, they were all working to one thing. They are all meet in New York for one reason or another. And I think that there should have been more interaction with all of them fighting Siler. Yeah. Nikki, Jessica came and, you know, hit him with a meter or whatever, a light pole. And that was nice. But everybody was there, I think, should have just beaten on Siler a little bit or yeah. assisted each other in some way. Yeah. How many episodes were there? 22 or 21. So that's just it. They spent 21 episodes telling us how great this little thing in New York was going to be. Yeah. And then it ended up being 21 and three quarters episodes telling us this was going to be awesome. And then 15 minutes of not so awesome. Right. How about 21 episodes of build up and then give us what you've been building up? It yeah. was like they forgot that at the end. After yeah. the future show where they had Siler and Peter square off, and there's a scene where they're facing each other and like their hands they, flick open, they're yeah, like, they, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a drag out fight. I was kind of expecting something along those lines when they actually did it. Not as control, because in the future they had more masters of their powers, but. And powers. Well, Peter freaks out too much. He's, he panics. Yeah. That doesn't make the show bad, I think. That just. No, it know. makes a fight between Siler and Peter bad. Right. Siler was just the coolest yeah. character in the whole. But I mean, I, I, like, all I would have liked if, if Siler and uh, Peter went at it a little bit, maybe everybody gets into it, and maybe they go supernova together just for a little bit, blow out some windows, the whole plaza turns black for, you know, just because of, of charring, and then being shot or being stabbed, and then da, 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 and then that fades out, and then the police come, and they're like, the hell happened here? I mean, this place looked like it got nuked or something, you know? Well, they had that great preview fight in the apartment between Peter and Siler, when Siler, quote-unquote, killed him. Right, right. And the neat thing about it was you could tell that Siler just thought better. He was a better thinker, better X and O guy. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, maybe Peter will have remembered some of this and learned, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be this cool fight where Siler still has a little bit of an advantage, but Peter is smart enough to, like, maybe take a punch, so to speak, and then go, okay, wait a minute, I can do this. But no, he just started wailing on him like like Nikki, I guess would have like right. you know. And it was just yeah, what yeah. You, you're right. Siler Siler's just really cool and collected, and he's quick on his feet, thinking. You know, he gets he gets shot seven times and then stops the bullets and flicks them right back at right. you. Right, and then you of know? course he stops the bullets. Like he's he's holding Pete. He's got one guy. He stops the bullets. He sends them back at Matt, the dumbest cop in the world, <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, Hero shows up like ten feet away. And Siler, like, freezes, lets Hero walk across and stab him. Yeah. It's like after yeah. all this buildup that not only is this going to be a great fight, and Siler's just such a badass, he went down like such a wuss. Yeah. It was like almost like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to let this guy kill me. And clearly, uh, Hero hasn't really been reading Shogun or whatever other Japanese stories. When somebody is killing somebody, they usually lop off their head. I think if Siler loses his head, that's how you kill yeah, Siler. Yeah, he's not dead, is he? No, he slithered away into the manhole. That's what I thought. Because yeah. Siler, he gets all of his power from other people's heads. So in order to kill him, I think you have to cut his head off. Either cut him off at the neck 
But who knows, maybe his head will roll back and heal itself. But I think that the only way to kill Siler is to cut his head off. How do you figure off. out you have that power? Yeah. <laughs> cut, cut the top if of I his head off. If I cut my head off and it rolls back, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only know you have it uh, when, when it ha- after it happens. Yeah, I was hoping that Hero would have some sort of a nice thrust parry move like after he'd practiced with his with his dad with his Sulu for so long and done all this stuff he wasn't the most graceful fighter at the time but just one shot where he would have done a move it's just crazy how like, the last one. episode was just like full of like little disappointments for me right like, they the, just rushed the, it. it yeah maybe that's it I would have loved it when uh let's say DL gets shot or whatever or maybe before he got shot it would have been Instead of the, oh, come on, maybe you have to get up and we have to go through the wall and whatever, it would have been X Many. But he should have just fell through the floor. Exactly. He should have just fallen right through the floor. All he had to do was touch her and fall. Yeah. And just, you know, the bullet could have gone over him and then he wouldn't be shot. And it wouldn't, you would need to have that drama of going to a hospital or to a veterinary clinic to try to get the bullet out. Well, of. it's weird because, and that made no sense because it seemed like they did a pretty good job throughout the whole course of the show of establishing that some of these characters knew what they could do, and really had control of it. And others didn't. And DL was established as he knew what he could do. Right. And he could do it. And he knew when to do it. So to all of a sudden, at the end, have him just go, oh, no, I'm just going to take the bullet. I'm not going to escape. Right. And to have Siler just all of a sudden go, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to die. It just didn't. Yeah, because Siler was, the whole time, was like, nah, I'm not going to die. I'm going to change it. Right. Well, I was going to bring up... where uh, Hero gets thrown, and then he... Blinks out and then comes back. That was pretty cool. I mean, I like come that. on. Well, yeah. No, I, I mean, I like I like heroes very much, but I just thought I agree. I think maybe the last episode was rushed a little bit, or they could have made it an hour and a half or two hours. But I think that the fight scene just should have been bigger. There were so many things that they stretched out over the course of the last four or five episodes that could have been condensed a right. little to save more room for like maybe at least a final. 20 minutes of... Because, I mean, the whole time they're the, the building up this big fight or the, the the nuclear blast and there wasn't any of that, I think they just should have had more. Just a little bit more. I did absolutely love the way DL killed Linderman. I think that was just absolutely fantastic. Same, well, it's the that same thing was he did to Nikki. so funny. It was the same thing he did to Nikki Jessica in the bedroom that time, just not... Right, didn't to, kill her. But didn't just kill her, just knocked her incapacitated out. her. But, oh, yeah, that was... Brutal. I thought it was great because Linderman was like... He had this look on his face and I was like, what? <gasps> He didn't. (laughs) That's fantastic. So, all season I've been saying I don't quite understand what the heck Jessica Nikki's power is. All season, I just don't get her. I don't get her at all. I agree with you there. Super strength. I was super strength. Yeah, it's true, but it doesn't seem like a mutant power. Like if you're if you're borrowing a lot of stuff from like X Men, that kind of idea where genetically some humans have more power. Those two, one is dead. It seems more supernatural than a mutant power to me. That one assumes the identity of the other, and the other might have superpowers, but well, you know what my husband said to me when I questioned this again. He said that she was having a uh, Luke in the cave moment. Mm. Where Luke goes into the cave and he faces Darth Vader and he cuts his head off and it ends up being Luke's face. I think that's what she was doing was she was using Jessica as her, her alter ego kind of yeah because she knew Jessica was strong schizoid thing yeah so that would she, make sense yeah it's just I, I mean, buy that more than actually there she's just she's a head Jessica Jessica was a strong personality she was 
you know, able to handle things better. So because Nikki was displaying this, you know, super strength, she figured it was Jessica coming through, not herself. I buy that. The only problem with that theory is when she was in the mental institution and the doctor was trying to actually solve that problem using exactly that means, they made it seem like it wouldn't have worked because that's not how she was. Well, maybe she was so traumatized by the death of her sister that she went a little mental and became a little schizophrenic and took on her sister's personality because she missed her so much. And so maybe as a little girl, she would play pretend to be her sister and then be herself just so that she could have her sister in her life. And then that just mutated to this thing. And then it turns out that she has this big strength. And then the whole season was her trying to come to terms with what's going on. Why is Jessica there? Jessica's really just a, you know, a byproduct of herself. It took me the whole season to figure this out. I, could I, told, I told you that right away. Yeah. It, you just don't listen it takes, to it. It makes sense her. to me. See, I just use her example of my other theory that they really shortchanged all the female characters in this show. The only really good guys who knew what they were doing for the most part or like seemed really heroic were all males. All the women had some flaw, like they were either evil or psychotic or had to be rescued. Yeah. I mean, there was no single female character the, that was just... Well, the uh, Eden character sister, and Hero's the, girlfriend at the diner, she didn't have a flaw other than the fact that she got killed. She was going to die. Yeah, but that's not a flaw. But, but no, but there was no... That's not a character but, flaw. Well, no, but, I mean, no. But they all had, like, a fatal weakness of some kind that, like, they aren't the hero. Even Save the Cheerleader, Save the World, it wasn't Save the Cheerleader so she can save the world. It was Save the Cheerleader so Siler doesn't get her power and Peter gets her power. And that I mean, it wasn't about her. It was about keeping it from happening to her. It was just very weird. Let's jump to the future episode really quickly. For me, I liked the future episode, but it was a kind of a letdown on some levels for me. They kept saying they had to go back to get Peter to save the cheerleader because that would have changed how things occurred. But if Siler in the future had her power, but she was alive. So I don't, I didn't understand that. Did the that whole make- timeline thing just... He didn't have no. He didn't have her power. Well, then why was Future Hero telling Peter you must go back and change what we messed up? He did have her power in the future. Then how did he get it from someone else? See, exactly. The whole timeline thing is really strange in that episode. It doesn't make any sense because if Hero actually did it, it, wouldn't it have changed the future? When was it demonstrated that he had her power? He lived through the blast. We don't know if he was the blast. But he was there, wasn't he? Don't know. I mean, how well, the whole, end up being... Peter passes out all the time. No, no. Well, the whole Slyther point the whole there. point of the future hero coming back on the subway to Peter was, as we learn in this future episode, he had been mapping out all the different things. And at the one string juncture where things happened, we said, well, we can change it here. If he goes back and he saved the cheerleader and he wrote it on an index card, implying that in that future, it had not happened. Okay, so, but again, she had been saved or she had never had to have been saved because she was there and she was alive. She didn't have her head lopped off. I just didn't quite understand that. But when he started to kill her, he said something about, I've been waiting for this for a long time. You're right. I'm sorry. I forgot that she was there. So he didn't have the power. Right, you're right. So So what did Future Hero do? Why did Future Hero... It wasn't about saving her. It was about getting Peter to her to get the power so that he lived. Maybe? I don't know. I'm thoroughly confused. And then there's time paradoxes. So the other thing about the future episode was they had every hero that was in the past be in the future. Either they were referenced as being dead or they were still 
with the other people, which was okay, but it would have been neat if they had shown heroes that we had never seen before and would never see again. Just because yeah, just to it's create different. new characters and make yeah. it was like the reverse of the Star Wars prequels were in the Star Wars prequels. Like every character in the original was in the prequels. Like, this is the opposite of that. Like everyone who was there before now is in the future, and no one new showed up. I thought that was just an odd choice. I liked the future episode, but there were some things that I thoroughly questioned, especially the timeline. Because, I mean, if, right. if they Hello. had already saved her... Sorry. <laughs> That's the problem, is once you start doing timeline exactly. episodes, <laughs> there's, it's the old Back to the Future problem where... Yeah. Are someone, you on a parallel? Are you on a you parallel on universe? Yeah. Does it slip down to this other level? Yeah. Because if you go to Wikipedia or something, they've got like... All the different timelines and Back to the Future, even if you just change one thing and multiplies out and it becomes like this really complicated array of different timelines. So they opened up a can of worms and I don't think they quite <laughs> thought it through as well as they could have. But if you do watch the episode and you don't think too much, yeah. it's a great episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, it was a great episode and I just, I had to have Ted pause the DVR and explain the timeline to me. <laughs> yeah. But it is one of those episodes where. It's almost too convenient. Like, everything happened. Like, how many characters in the future died in that one episode? It was like, Claire died, Future Hero died, Haitian Guy died. It's like, within the 45 minutes, half the characters, of course, it's all a virtual death because it's in this future that now will never happen. But sort of like they uh, they kind of went crazy killing off characters, I guess, just because they could. Yeah, Uh, but who's to say it's not going to happen? Because if Siler's still alive... Oh, let's not go into this. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. We don't have time for that question. We'll reconvene on that question next week. Okay. One thing I, I, I did think as I was watching the show when Siler was wreaking havoc and he was being a badass and he was a, a very evil bad guy, a really good character. Despite all that, I kept thinking what they really need is one more bad guy because... For all that he is, he's not totally invincible. And they, like, how many times during the show did he either get knocked out or they had him like they had him? He was like totally at their mercy. Like in a comic book, you have good guys and bad guys, but there's always like another nefarious group out there or a really evil being who's even worse. And I was thinking it'd be good if that somehow came along. Well, there is knock him down. The, the little girl said that she can find Siler, but there's this other right. person that she can't. Every single time she thinks about them, he can see her thinking right. about him, which was great so there because is, yes. Did she in the last episode, they did open up that possibility, and I'm I don't know really if it was glad. He, but she did say whenever she thinks about yeah. They can see her. So when they did that, I was like, yes, because that's kind of what I wanted to see with it. There's actually someone out who could be worse. And that'd be really cool. Like, Silas doing something. He's like, ha ha, I got you all. Yeah, and, and then and someone just comes knocks him on his ass. And he's like, whoa. Uh, and then Siler inadvertently, to save himself, starts acting like a good guy. Right. Which I could totally see. Jen, my wife, was saying that it seemed that Siler had some thread of goodness in him because he was trying to be nice to his mother. Even though he did it in such a way that she's already unbalanced and she couldn't handle it. So he was trying to be nice to her. and he It seemed like he was trying to kind of maybe go back to the way it was when he lived with his mother or whatever. So maybe he does have a streak of goodness but is just buried right now. So maybe he needs that super evil villain yeah. beat it out of him. 
and just setting up for next season, they've exactly. talked about this cabal of people who had the power and some used it for good and some lost their way. I that, mean, there's a lot of flip-flop, right? I mean, Claire's dad started off... Oh, yeah. I know, loved how there was an ambiguity of he started somebody off good or bad. Yeah. being the guy who puts the mutant-type people away, and then towards the end, he's the mutant, you know, helper-savior. And so I think it'd be awesome if Siler flipped over to the other side. Yeah. It's become apparent that that group that he worked for, a lot of them have powers themselves. Right. Yeah. So do we think that uh, Hero's father and Mama Petrali are going to yeah. share oh, their yeah. powers? Oh, yeah. I kept oh, waiting yeah. for them they have to, to have be revealed as, you know, what powers do they have? And, it, and when Hero went to the past, all those samurai rode up, and I was like, is one of them Sulu? You know, yeah, you, I really thought that Sulu was the guy in blue, at the, at, you know, because there was a whole group of guys on horses behind Hero, yeah. and there was one guy on the hill at the top of the horizon. Both Jen and I thought that was Sulu. So talk about Six Degrees of Battlestar. So there's Heroes, and Sulu was in Heroes, but he was also in Star Trek, and he was in Star Trek Generations, which was written by Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I got another one. I got another one. So the woman cop, Matt's friend, the woman cop, yeah. she was on a Buffy episode. She played the Invisible Girl. And she was also on Carnival, yeah. as uh, I forget her which name, was? which was executive produced and created by Ronald Moore. <laughs> I love the ambiguity of the evil characters turning good or the good ones turning bad. I like the sort of Manchurian candidate way that they had Nathan Petrelli. He was always she, on she the line. She mentioned that, too. Yeah. She mentioned that a couple of times about him. Now, one more thing to talk about, and we'll wrap it up, is the very ending when Nathan flies him off to blow up on the sky. I'm what sure everyone have done that. Yes. <laughs> everyone in the world was thinking, why couldn't he have done that? The only thing I could think was, number one, like you mentioned before, Peter gets flustered. Yeah. The other thing was, I don't know if he can do two powers at once. Like, he doesn't seem mm-hmm. to, like, have enough grasp of his power to multitask. multitask, especially when he's, like, starting to blow up and his mind is a little bit preoccupied and right. can't fly off. So that's what it's I... having an anxiety attack. You, you know, if you're having an anxiety yeah. attack, you're just thinking about, oh my God, oh my God, how do I not blow up? How do I not blow up? <laughs> well, if you would just settle down a little bit. <laughs> but like, Seriously. But who knows why, but Tyler's very calm and collected. Who knows what kind of upbringing he had or whatever. Peter is just, you know, he's a nurse. He's not really had any conflict in his life, so he doesn't... There's really no stress or, or any need to... Uh, handle stress and all of a sudden you're dished on to all these powers you can go supernova you can fly you can get stabbed in the back of the head by a piece of glass that you can heal yourself i mean that's a lot of stuff to handle i get a couple of jobs here at work and then someone throws in some sort of website monkey wrench and then i'm like i, 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 I don't know what to do i don't know what to do and then michelle comes and goes i'll do it for you that happened yesterday that's her that's yeah. her power that's her power I'm the web queen. I was like that. Okay, so I guess that wraps up our discussion for heroes. For now. Our, for now. <laughs> there's, I, there's more we there's, can talk there's about. There's more. Next time, I believe our plan will be to watch Firefly Episode 1, the pilot. So for homework, all you guys out there in podcast land, go ahead and watch the first episode. The first episode is called Serenity, but it's not Serenity the movie. It's the Firefly episode called Serenity, the pilot. Not the train job, which is the first that showed up. I know it's confusing. It's like the timeline in the future episode. I'm getting confused. Uh, so that's it for this time then. Our website, galacticacorum.com. Email is gcorum at gmail.com. Voicemail, 206-2020-BSG. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. So say we all.
That was crazy. What's that? <laughs> bird hit the there's window. A, there's a bird that's looking at us. Go away. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Just silent. <laughs> Dude. There's a window there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> We're being attacked. We don't want... Oh my god, it's like an Amway salesman. <laughs> The back, of that, the back of that bird's uh, feathers, they were glowing as it flew away. <laughs> <laughs> the glowing stripe right there.